How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman. Welcome to this edition of the 2020s Enterprise. I'm Sam Holzman, and the topic today uh, is looking at a short-term focus on cost containment and optimization opportunities. A little bit different twist on enterprise architecture, which people generally look at as as architecture being some kind of a long-term blueprint or game plan. But we want to give our audience an understanding is there are things that you can look at today through architecture that will bring some method to the madness uh, at any point in time, especially when organizations are going through uh, cost containment opportunities or issues and optimization opportunities. And I'm going to use a phrase here uh, to give you an example of, of, of what we need to do. Most organizations, unfortunately, are using a meat cleaver to address cost containment and cost optimization. What do I mean by a meat cleaver? Uh, we're going to give everybody a, t- a 20% reduction in pay. Uh, we are going to lay everybody off. We are going to do this or discontinue that. Um, that's using a meat cleaver. Those are easy things for management to do, and I'm not saying they're not effective, but it really causes some huge negative uh, consequences in an organization. Now, some of some executives and managers may say, "Well, people should be happy. They're you know they have their job," and and I I concur. Uh, you know, we're all facing those pressures. We are too in our in our organization, just as, as everyone else. But maybe instead of using a meat cleaver, we should be using a scalpel. And that image is what I'm 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 asking you to look at. In other words, can you sit back for a moment? I'm not talking about sitting back for six months or even two weeks. Sit back for a moment and let's take a an approach where we are actually looking at these things prior to taking action. And if I can use the phrase, you architect before you implement. But right now, to some degree, um, we do have a short-term focus in both our personal and business lives. All I'm looking at is before we jump off the cliff, are there things that we can possibly do to think through this? And I'm not saying there aren't going to be people that are not with us and, and, and in our organization anymore. Uh, that you know that may be the, the the situation. But who are they, and what's the effects? And are there other ways to mitigate this? Yes, the quickest way is to lop your head off and say, "Well, now that's yeah, that's pretty good. Everybody's got a twenty percent reduction." But let me ask a question rhetorically to my audience: Is twenty percent the right number? or 10% or 60%. How many times do you go through the well? We have no idea when the end of a crisis or a situation is going to occur. We are clueless. And so these arbitrary numbers of 20% or 3% or 19%, maybe they're based on something in an organization. But I, 
I seriously doubt it. It's that herd mentality. We know we have to do something. So all I'm asking our audience to do is to take a look at this for just a relatively short period of time in a different way. The question is, how do you address both short and longer term issues and opportunities? Short term, we have to make some cost containment or optimization actions. We know that. But we will eventually get back to some state of normalcy, no matter what the situation is. And we can go back in history, unfortunately, in this country and everywhere else, no matter what. You have these cycles. We don't know exactly how long a cycle is, uh, whether it's a, a war, whether it's a conflict, whether it's a terrorist attack. Uh, let's just look at something right now that's happening to all of us. We have continual hacking going on uh, in the in the computerization world. As more and more people go to remote distance um, work habits uh, with products you know that are out there, the evildoers are having a blast. Um, you know that's out there. So these things continue on here. And so there's some things we need to look at now uh, so that we can eventually come out of this, you know, in the, in, in the future. Yes, in the short term, we're going to look at using architecture to identify optimization opportunities while understanding the effect of this optimization in future oper- uh, operations. So we're going to take a pause. We're going to study this just for a short period of time. Once again, I'm not talking about months here. Uh, and then look at the cause and effect of this and try to gauge the effect of our action before we take the action that's there. Um, This is an immersion approach for architecture. Our suggestion is spending two elapsed weeks. Can this be done in a day? Yes, it can be done in a day. Realistically, about two weeks. Uh, is what we believe it will give you a solid understanding of, of what is, is going on. For those of you that are steeped in our methodology and we have been privileged to work with you in the past, it's going to take you a lot less time because you've got a, a pretty good foundation. But for those of you who are new to this type of thing, it may just take you a little longer to get a, a foundational understanding. But once again, I'm not talking about months here. We're talking about days, and I believe a realistic number in most organizations is going to be about two elapsed weeks that's there, and uh, uh, it's about the best we can look at today. Yep, we're going to focus on today and tomorrow, set a baseline now for addressing and managing the continual change that's there. What we're going to be trying to do is to move from crisis to crisis management to event-driven actions. And as we're making these actions, we have to look at the what-if situation, um, you know, that's there. And so a little bit different focus on, uh, on enterprise architecture and these approaches uh, and the program that you've been listening to, the 2020s Enterprise. We can divide these optimization opportunities into two areas. Uh, Because enterprise architecture tends to be associated somewhat with technology, uh, which the listeners to this program know is not at all the focus that we think is unique and only is a small part of enterprise architecture. But, you know, if you go to the Internet and look up the phrase 
a lot of people believe that that's what the focus is. So instead of trying to take all these myths and blow them up overnight, let's look at that for a moment because we can apply these same principles. So there's IT optimization opportunities that are there. IT optimization opportunities. And of course, the other one that we'd like to look at first before we start looking at the IT optimization, if we have the, the privilege to do that is the business optimization opportunities that are there because that, of course, will drive the, the, the technology uh, uh, approaches you know, that we're looking at. So let's take a quick look, though, first at the IT optimization opportunities. If we look at quick wins, once again, quick wins, there are areas that we should be able to focus on very quickly. If we have nothing in place, I'm going to start with that premise that you haven't done real business architecture, real enterprise architecture. You've done IT planning alone, not a criticism. It's a positioning for our conversation. You don't have a baseline of any kind, uh, you know, that's there. How are you going to go about this? And so those of you that are in this position, we need to start or you need to start with some fundamentals. And there's two fundamentals uh, that we have to start with for IT optimization. One is some kind of a representation of the processes that are actually going on in your organization. You want to call it a process model, a process architecture I'm not going to get into the semantics now and the games of, of names and things like that. we got to get on to action. And so we need to start off with some kind of a look at what the organization is doing, processes, to some level of granularity. And we're going to take some time to do this. You want to take a day? That's fine. You want to take a couple of days? It's going to be a little bit better. But it's not going to take an hour, but a day or two. And if you don't have a baseline right now, uh, we can offer you a very robust process model. And a process model that I'm talking about to, to get you started that you need to do is not just a bunch of process names, but process names and definition. Process names are like a book of uh, that has a table of contents and has no content. It's not going to help you very much. It's going to be that bobblehead nod understanding. So a process understanding to us, a process model, a process architecture, whatever you want to call it, once again, to get you out the door, uh, we'll have a process name and a definition to get you started. So that's where you have to begin. You have to begin your journey um, you know, that way. And again, we have one that we can provide to you. It's, it's generic, and that's not your DNA. People will possibly jump at that. Uh, I want you to be very, very careful and remember what I just said. It's generic. It would be much better, much better for you to spend just a bit of time, a day or two in your organization and build that out. And we can provide you with the templates to help you. But getting your own DNA is, is we think, the, the, the quickest approach to this optimization that's there, okay? And when we're talking, you know, process understanding, I'm going to give you some numbers here um, that we think will give you a good start on this, and that would be somewhere between 500 and 2,000 
processes uh, in an ontology and in previous episodes of the 2020s enterprise, I discussed the difference between ontologies and hierarchies. And that becomes your baseline to look at. Now, what are we, why are we doing that? Well, we're getting an explicit representation of the things that your business is doing. And then we can start doing some mapping. We can start doing some mapping. So it's not application orientation to begin or, or processes you know, of, of, that are mechanized. It's what your business is about. And once we have that, now the next desirable thing to do, please notice the phrase that I use, desirable thing to do is to map that against the goals that you're trying to achieve in your organization. The objective there is to sort of divide up the processes that you're going to be look at into two buckets. And those two buckets, again, at the high level, these are the processes that are really, 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 really important to our enterprise. And we're going to do that mapping against the goals, not on gut feel. You may have to default to that depending on your, your timing. But please look at, again, this is just going to take you a little bit of time to get a series of explicit representations down that people can look at. Explicit representations, easily communicated to people, so you're making decisions with a scalpel rather than a meat cleaver. So it would be desirable, once again, to build out your goal model. And a goal is an improved productivity, reduced cost value of employees. Those are platitudinal statements. <clears throat> Each goal, once again, should have a description of of uh, the measure, the time frame, and the results. And all of this is time boxed. I want to stress again, ladies and gentlemen, time boxed. You will decide how much you want to spend on each one of these. Process model, two days. Goal model, a day. Whatever it is. You know it's not going to be done, done. But we want to get through this to get some actions these are means to an end, not an end in and of itself. Means to an end. So we want to get through this so that we can get some foundation as quickly as possible, you know, that's out there. So now we have a process understanding and a goal understanding, and we can do this mapping that's there. And that mapping will give us an understanding of those two buckets, as I said. Bucket number one being the processes that are vital to our organization and will determine that vitality based on how they support the strategic drivers, the goals that are there, the, that bucket. And then we'll have the secondary ones. And it's not that the secondary ones aren't that important. You may look at it just the opposite. In other words, if these aren't real important right now to meet our short-term objectives, maybe we can, quote, shut those systems off or do some other actions. So this is part of the quick dialogue. Do you want to concentrate on the processes that are achieving your short-term goals today and work on them? Or perhaps you have that secondary bucket of processes that aren't critical to your operation now based on the goals, not on gut feel, based on the goals you're trying to achieve. And you can look at the systems, the technologies and the servers and everything else that's going on there, all the hardware that's associated with that. And if I could use the phrase, either shut them off or turn them off or 
push them aside or do something, <laughs> you know, that's out there. And yes, it may involve putting people in a state of not working at that particular time because they're associated with that. I know that's uncomfortable all the time, but we have to look at that. So now we have a start, a start, two or three days of work. Now, we're not done. This is just one quick thing that we can do. If you have those representations in place and have done, you know, the architecture approaches that we're suggesting, you can start this morning, this tomorrow morning, this afternoon, whatever it is. But if you don't, we're suggesting a short time frame to build out these representations. Of course, they become assets, you know, as you as you move forward. Okay. Once we have that, then we can look at the two high expenses associated with each one of those, whether this is comfortable or not, we're going to say it. And of course, those are the human beings, the people involved in those processes, do that mapping. And then, of course, the technology that's behind it, the hardware, the software, the servers, and as far as being able to, quote, shut those down, I know there's contractual terms and I know there's all these other issues that are out there. Believe me, I'm, um, I'm fortunate that I've been able to work with large organizations, you know, most of my career that's out there. That doesn't mean that we can do all of this by declaration, but we have to know where, where we're at. Rather than debating this forever, let's put a script together Logical approach, beginning, middle, and end to see what is going on. So that's the first set of actions that we're going to suggest. And we're going to take just a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll continue this dialogue talking about other IT optimization, technology optimization opportunities, and of course, business opportunities that are there. See you back here in a few minutes. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Based on over 30 years of real-world experience, the Business Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops in business architecture will guide you beyond theory and into actual implementation. If you are looking to develop a baseline for business agility through goal-aligned, prioritized capabilities, we will help you get there. You will leave our workshop with real tools, processes, techniques, and most importantly, true hands-on business architecture project practice. For dates, locations, and more, visit BACOE.org. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, 
a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. No travel? No problem. The Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence and Business Architecture Center of Excellence are experts in offering distance learning enterprise architecture and business architecture certification workshops throughout the year. Your experience mirrors our face-to-face workshops and are not just remote broadcasts. You will collaborate in teams across the world just as though you were across the table. For dates and registration, visit EACOE.org and BACOE.org. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at EACOE.org. That's sam at EACOE.org. Now, back to the 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. Uh, this is Sam Holzman, and uh, in today's episode, we're talking about applying uh, enterprise ar- ar- excuse me, enterprise architecture techniques uh, to cost containment and optimization opportunities, short-term focus on what we can do as an organization, as an individual, uh, as a division, a department, um, to even families address short-term I use the word optimization. You can call it cost reduction. You, there's lots of different phrases that's there. But the word optimization is really what we're trying to do. And coming back to the overused phrase in my first segment, we're trying to use a scalpel to look at this issue versus a meat cleaver. And in the first segment, we talked about some things to get you started, which are relatively quick. Now, when I say relatively quick, I'm talking in the beginning, one to three days. Uh, relatively quick is not 15 minutes. Uh, uh, it, it'd be nice to be able to do that. And so what we suggested is a couple of things that to get, get us started to give us a map into what's going on. And so we started off with a fully formed process model. When I say fully formed process model, uh, a representation of the processes the person or the business or the organization does That includes names and definitions and an ontological structure to sort of organize this stuff. And then we have a goal model, once again, full definitions of what the goals are, not just a bunch of names, meaning a table of contents. No, we need the whole content that's there. Once we have those, we do a mapping of the processes to the goals. And we put them just for discussion purposes, for example, into two buckets. Here's the critical goals of the organization, and the mapping would say, here's the critical processes. Here's the, quote, not-so-critical goals of the organization, close quote, and therefore the processes that go along with it. 
And let's say that one of the optimization opportunities we're going to suggest is the low value processes in the short term. We're going to look at the technology, yes, and the people associated with that. And we will, how do I put this nicely? We will shut those technologies off and we will look at those people, unfortunately, and say, perhaps your services are not needed at this point in time or we can uh, redeploy those uh, people, hopefully, in in some other manner that's there. It may not be at the exact same position and location, but at least there is uh, a source of some kind of a normalcy that those people will see. And it may not be. I'm not trying to beat around the bush here. Uh, And the suggestions are to use, once again, a scalpel rather than a meat cleaver. Knocking 20% of people's payoff, if you look at the uh, results of that over the long term, are downers to everybody that's, you know, that's, uh, that's there. Uh, it really, it may be an approach that people look at because they haven't thought about other things. Um, and again, there's a trade-off. Well, we're going to reduce everybody's salary by 20%, which is better than furloughing pe- some people where they have no income. Those trade-offs are tough, 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 tough. And there isn't one answer is what I'm saying, you know, to each organization, you know, you know that's there. So a thoughtful process rather than a knee-jerk reaction process, uh, I think, is, is very important. So that's the first set of actions, you know, that are, uh, uh, you know, that are there. Pretty straightforward. Uh, I'm not suggesting that it's, it's easy, easy, but it's not real complicated. We're trying to suggest some actions that can be taken um, with some effort, of course, and some cost of, you know, that uh, is there, but is nothing that an organization can't do tomorrow. You don't need a bunch of tools and fancy schmancy this and that uh, that's out there. And yes, being commercial, I'm going to say this right now, it would be our pleasure to be able to help you out. And we can do that Virtually, we are fully equipped virtually to handle these things, and we have been for years. Uh, this is not a surprise to us. We actually do follow our own medicine and do do architecture and are ready for these types of environments uh, that are there. I can't say we're ready for everything by any means, but we can fully function in this environment of virtualization um, right now. That's there. So first thing, that's the first thing we're talking about, some kind of uh, a representations of, of, of what is going on. Now, let's go further. Let's go further, you know, for, uh, for, for a moment here. Okay. So it's about decision making in a logical manner about technology, um, you know, that's out there. Now, let's go back to the goal model for just a moment that we have. Let's look at the goal model mapped against the initiatives that are going on today. I'm making the assumption that not everything has stopped. There's things going on in the organization. You want to call them projects, programs, uh, whatever you want to call them, stuff is happening, whatever that stuff is. We're going to take those things, whatever that stuff is that's going on, and do a 
quick mapping of those things that we're doing against the goals once again. And at a minimum, divide those things up into two buckets. The ones that are, or three buckets, if you look at it from the longer term perspective. And that's the one I'd like to use. But you can use two buckets also. The three buckets are things that we can uh, stop in the short term today because we look at the goals that they're supporting and we see that putting them off for 60 days, 90 days, I'm going to be pessimistic here and say six months, will not materially affect our organization that's there. And so those activities, whatever they are, projects, programs, systems, whatever it is, we are sort of waylaying for a period of time. Once again, key thing, we're mapping those against some kind of a representation that gives us some feeling that it's not being done arbitrarily. I know that things can be manipulated. I'm not that foolish, but we're hoping that there is a rational set of thoughts behind these things, and this is adding to that rationalization. Second set of things that we may want to consider in this bucketing are activities that are going on, projects, programs, systems, those types of things, that we recognize could be shut off right now, but let's see if we can put them in the bucket of Let's see how much resources we have left over because those are wins that may aid us when we come out of this optimization and uh, uh, reduction that, you know, that we're going through right now. And the third bucket, you can guess what that is. These things have got to continue. They have got to continue because we are functioning and these are the things And we can associate the systems and the programs and the applications and the people and everything else that we're talking about uh, to be able to do this now. So those are the three buckets. If you only have two buckets, once again, we're looking and suggesting to you a time-bound approach to be able to do this. About two weeks max, and I've divided up some times here for you already to give you some guidance as to what we think it's going to take a couple of days on the process model a day on the on the goal model and now when it comes to mapping the projects and programs in there uh, from our past experience that may take you a day or two also so right now we're looking at about a week's worth of work if you have nothing in your inventory so to speak you haven't done any uh, architecture work in, in the approach that you know that we're suggesting to you You're starting off essentially with a blank sheet of paper. Uh, Before I talk about some other things, well, how many people? Well, I can tell you one thing. Don't Don't get 50 people. We're looking at teams of the phrase that I love to use, and some of you that have been to our courses know what that phrase is going to be, seven plus or minus two people. Five to nine folks is what we're looking at. Uh, And I'm just giving you some, you know, heuristics there. That seems to be a good number. Uh, don't put 30 people in a room try to do this stuff. Uh, and the other end, it, it is kind of difficult for one person to do this. Two or three, yes, you could probably, but 
you know, most of your organizations, the people that listen to this program are, you know, quite large. And therefore, that's a reasonable number. I want to stress again, not 30 or 40 people. This is not a committee type of thing. Get away from those types of thought processes that are out there. That's a plan for inaction. It's also a plan for what I call, call, can you live with this? And that's one of the things that I'm trying to avoid uh, in the thinking that we're providing to you. Can you live with this is very different than saying we thought through it. It's very easy to, you know, have an understanding that I can live with this. And that usually is compromises that are there. These are hard decisions. And what we're trying to do is to aid your decision making with some concrete actions that are involved. So let's go on. Let's go on for a moment. Let's look at some business optimization opportunities now. We're going to come back to our process model. And we're going to look at some techniques that have been around for quite some time. Uh, And if you have these in your inventory, you can take a look at them. Apologies. And those are... A lot of people call them process optimization. I'm looking at that phrase a little bit differently. And the source of this understanding is actually uh, a a, a set of consultants, Rumler and Braish, that have a book out. It's it's, book's been around for quite some time. um, And it's called Managing the White Space in the Organization. And what, I'm paraphrasing, of course, and simplifying, what you want to look at in an organization, by the way, at any time, but especially now, is not trying to reduce necessarily up front the time it takes to do a process, but figure out why there are gaps in process actions on a timeline. So if you can visualize a series of processes, let's say um, order placement to product delivery. Let's just visualize that. You're, something is ordered and it's delivered. And you lay out the processes that are there. And the axis that you have is time. Now, let's just pretend that it's a 10-day cycle. It doesn't matter if it's 10 days, 10 hours, 10 minutes. And you lay out the processes that are there against that timeline. And what you look at for an optimization opportunity is actually the delay time in between processes. The cost of taking those out should be close to zero. what a great way to get more effective and efficient on the business side of what's going on, which will cascade not only today, but throughout the organization. And again, how would we want to look at those? Now, I would want to look at those in the inverse of what I talked about in, in my first set of suggestions. I'd like to look at the high uh, um, high uh, objective goals that we have the strategic goals that we have, which are high in my list of things that I really need to achieve, look at the processes associated with that 
and see if I can reduce the time to meet those goals through those processes as a way to try to get some cost savings back into my business so that I can reduce the effect of these other optimization actions that I'm taking. So I'm sort of, you know, building an inventory of funds, if I can, you know, that, you know, that's out there. Of course, this technique will be aided tremendously if you have an inventory of things. But even if you don't, the key thing here is presenting a visual that people can look at and you can sort of see what is going on. Now, the time it takes to do that is going to be a little bit longer, depending on, of course, the number of things that you're looking at. And so we want to be very careful here uh, to say, are we looking at one set of actions, two set of actions, three set of actions, etc.? Each one of these actions, I'm going to suggest a time for you of three to five hours is what we see as the initial shot at this. None of these numbers I'm, I'm, I'm talking about here are things that you should take and say, well, this is what we need to do forever. These are to get us out of a somewhat crisis situation into a more uh, managed situation that's there. So that's another set of suggestions. And at this point in time, we're going to take just another quick break. And we're going to come back in just a few minutes and talk about another set of optimization activities that we can do as we move into these times of, as we call it, cost containment. See you back here in a few minutes. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. 
Are you stuck in your enterprise architecture practice with nothing but a bunch of static models and deliverables aimed at future technology development efforts rather than true business understanding? With the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops, you will learn proven step-by-step enterprise architecture techniques to be used as the baseline for addressing continuous business and organizational change. For dates, locations, and more, visit EACOE.org. Virtual Business Architecture Services from the Business Architecture Center of Excellence will provide you with the expertise of our consulting services remotely so you can achieve your goals quickly, efficiently, and economically. Using our business architecture methodology, complemented by our full BACOE practitioner support, we will help you achieve the same great results without any travel at a reduced cost. Please visit BACOE.org backslash virtual hyphen BA for more information. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. We are talking today about uh, cost containment or optimization opportunities and using enterprise architecture to address these things in times when these actions uh, are necessary for various reasons. Uh, that's there bringing some logic, as we love to say, method to the madness that's out there. And we talked about some things that are relatively straightforward to do. Um, it's not complicated. It takes a little bit of work, uh, diligent work, days, not weeks, not years. Um, you know, that are out there and and there's things that we can look at relatively quickly. And one of the things that may take a little bit more time is what I call application portfolio rationalization. Uh, none of us know how long we're going to have to contain costs. And by the way, we should probably always think about containing costs. But in a situation where there is, um, in quotes, emergencies, unquote, as far as cost containment and, and being able to exist as an organization or as a group, uh, you're looking at things a little bit differently. Understand that. And this comes to the concept of application portfolio rationalization, taking a hard look at everything that is mechanized in your organization. If you want to use the word computerized, that's fine. Now, if you have from the past an inventory, uh, that'd be fantastic. If you don't, once again, talking about our two-week timeline, take a couple of days, not a couple of weeks, but a couple of days. You can spend more time. That'd be great. But I like to have Action and cycles, action and cycles, action and cycles, not action (laughs) for a long period of time. And if you want to call it, you're moving from 0.2 to 0.3 to 0.4, eventually to 1.0, so to speak. You know, that's there. But I like these iterative types of things rather than these one-off big bang, especially when it comes to situations that will drive us into a short-term focus. I'd rather have multiple shots at it 
versus one shot. So application rationalization, application rationalization, looking, mapping your applications that are running against that process model that we talked about and seeing where there's redundancies. Where can you, quote, shut things off? And the phrase in physics, of course, was reduce the entropy, <laughs> reduce the, the heat being generated uh, when there's no value. Great opportunity to be able to do this rationally, looking at the processes your enterprise or business does and mapping them against the systems that are there to see things that you can shut off or reduce uh, you know, as you move forward. The other thing that may sound funny is sharing services in an environment that may be a little bit more siloed than you're comfortable with. I know the word silo is is not comfortable to people. Uh, Let's look at it, departmental services that are shared. I think that's a little bit uh, uh, more politically correct, but basically there's actions systems, processes that have been done on an individual basis. Let's say you've got multiple business operations within an organization. You've got 22 divisions or 15 divisions or six divisions. Let's look at sharing services across those things. Um, A lot of people will call that federated architecture. We don't have time for those words right now. But what we want to do, once again, is to look at the processes, map those against the individual organizations. Once again, two-dimensional mappings we're looking at. Spending a day or two on that. It won't be done, 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 but you'll have enough to get you started. And so look at the processes that an organization is doing. Map those against your representation, and you can look at where there is activities that are going on that may be able to use the underlying service and whether that service is a technology or something like that and other things can be shut off with little impact on the organization. It's never zero impact, but little impact. And so we're looking at the concept of shared services as a way to reduce immediate costs because an organization is doing that same thing or something very similar to that, but they're doing it in three or four different ways. And when we're looking at the short-term requirements, a little bit of give and take is what we're, we're talking about there, is that we're not going to be able to do it exactly the same way for the next few months, but from a cost containment and optimization standpoint, it's better than some of the other things that are much more harsh from an organizational standpoint. So we have rationalization of the portfolio and then shared services. Now what I'm doing in our broadcast here as we we move forward and we just have a few more minutes left today is giving you sort of a sequence of things based on the time it'll probably take you to launch these efforts. Um, you know, that are that are out there. So we started off with some actions that can be done relatively quickly. And then we moved on to actions that are going to take you a little bit longer 
again, assuming that there is nothing that you have right now in your inventory of things that you can possibly, uh, you know, possibly do, you know, that's out there. And as you move forward, you're going to eventually get into a situation where you may be able to look at things that'll take you a little bit longer. You're building that baseline, you know, that's, you know, that's out there. And as you're moving through this, you're looking at these type of components, processes, goals, and people. Now, I haven't forgotten about these other things in the enterprise framework that those listeners that are familiar with our techniques understand. There's six elements that make up your organization, the goals that you're trying to achieve, the processes that you're performing today or tomorrow, as we call them, the materials or data that uh, the organization uses to do its activities, the skills or roles, both human and non-human skills. For example, if you're a bank, a skill that's performed is dispensing money, and that's done through a lot of times an ATM machine, an automatic teller machine, which is a mechanical device rather than a human being, but that's the process or function that's being performed. The fifth element is location, um, and we're going to talk about location in, in, in just a moment. Again, a little bit harder to think about, um, you know, that's out there. And then the standpoint of the last element, which would be something if we had these representations, ladies and gentlemen, would make this pain a lot less. And that's the event model, the what if model, what if this, what if that. And hopefully, when we get out of this cost containment situation that we're in right now, this short-term focus, we start building out that event model because other things are going to happen. Yes, tomorrow. And instead of having a crisis situation, why don't we try to have a set of things in our inventory to address various what-if scenarios. We've got to start recognizing that in the world we're in right now, not trying to sound too philosophical at all, we have a global situation. We have travel around the world that we have never, we haven't seen, you know, let's say 100 years ago. The, the amount of travel that's there, which means that transmission of things as we're seeing are a lot different than they were before. Not only data transmission, but of course, virus transmissions, disease transmissions, by the way, positive, good cultural transmissions, new foods, new things like that. It's not just the bad stuff, but we have to recognize that the border that we have right now is actually the earth. And so within that, there will be a series of events that you and I are going to have to react to six months from now or five years from now or two years from now because of this borderless type of environment, you know, you know, that, you know, that we're in. And it's going to take us some time to readjust to these types of actions that are there. And we're going to do that through our organization 
your organization, building a series of representations that we can study. And the phrase that we use is event modeling. And an event model is just what it says here. It's sort of a what if type of thing. If this, then that. If this, then that. And some of the actions we may want to be ready for, you know, for example, uh, if we have a tornado, what happens? If we have a period of, uh, of no rain, uh, what happens? If we have a period of lots of rain, what happens to our organization that's there? And to me, what we want to get away from is this concept of crises management. The objective of this representation is to, as best as we can, anticipate the unanticipatable, the crisis situations as much as we can, and put a script together as to possibly how to address these. So in summary, as we close out our session for today, we're looking at enterprise architecture actions that are looking at short-term cost containment or optimization opportunities. And so we're sort of twisting things around a little bit. The enterprise focus, the business focus, is in the next days, weeks, and months. But we can use the same robust methodologies that we've talked to you about before to look at things in the short term. The thing we have to be careful of, it is a short-term view, short-term look. Spending two days on something is very different than spending two or three weeks on something, and we have to recognize that. We suggest this is a much better approach, though, than only gut feel. Gut feel is still going to be there, and only these butcher-like, meat-cleaver types approaches. Think about things as granular as you can within the time frame we have. Goal model, process model, people model, and the relationship between those. And then we map it against the technology that we suggested. And that gives us some optimization opportunities that we would suggest to you are very rational. Stay safe. Stay well. Please take a look at some of these suggestions. We believe they really will help you out in the short term. Please reach out to us. It would be our pleasure to help you. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, have a great day.